Welcome to the Marketing Science Podcast, the podcast for sales and marketing professionals working within science, engineering, and healthcare. I am your host, Frank Barker, Head of Marketing at Azo Network. Don't forget to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to learn more about how to run a scientific podcast, visit azonetwork.com slash podcasts. My guest today has been with International Gas Detectors for over five years and has built the marketing department from scratch from the ground up. IGD develops, manufactures and markets a complete range of fixed gas detection systems. So I'm joined today by the marketing manager of International Gas Detectors, Mr. Hal Collier. Hal, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me. Excellent to have you. Um, Can we start off by giving us a brief history of IGD and the markets you work in? Yeah, that's no problem. So uh, International Gas Detectors, or IGD for short, um, was established in the UK in 1917. And so we've been in the gas detection industry for over 100 years. We're actually one of the few remaining independent gas detection manufacturers. And our origins sort of started in the mining industry. And we branched out from there. As a manufacturer, we've been able to design and produce a whole range of gas detection equipment able to detect for over 400 gases and vapors. We have sensors for both safe area, ATEX, and sampling systems. I've always been at the forefront of the industry. In the early years, we, we were the first company to indust, um, provide a commercialized pellister detector, which is used for flammable gas detection. We were the first company to develop an infrared gas detector. And we were the first company to introduce addressable gas detection to the market in the early 2000s. So we've been sort of ahead of the game ever since we saw it. we were um, established in 1917. Wow, what an incredible story. Yeah, so regarding the markets, IGD, because um, we offer sensors for over 400 gases and vapors, um, we pretty much cater for every market out there from sort of light industrial, commercial, boiler rooms, schools to sort of the more traditional oil and gas and petrochem sites. Excellent. So what a, a huge amount of history uh, in the company. Must be very proud to work for a company like uh, IGD and as well as being part of a, an innovative company as well, which is, um, you know, obviously pushing the boundaries of, of sensor technology. So it sounds like a great place to work. So we, we work a lot in, in B2B science marketing. You're specifically working in marketing sensor technology. How does that differ from, say, normal B2B, you know, the, in terms of the t- type of audience that you're trying to reach? Tell us a bit more about marketing sensors. Well, to, to us, because obviously as, as a gas detection company, we have lots of different industries and markets. So there's actually quite a lot of different target customers. So it has its own unique challenges. What One industry is not the same as the other and a customer is not the same as another. For example, we could be one day working in boiler rooms and then the next day working for a large uh, university. You know, this morning I was speaking to a caretaker at school for their boiler room. And um, this afternoon, we've got a call scheduled for a large oil and gas company um, for their patch camp sites. So to be honest, it, it's difficult to market because of the wide range of industries, but it makes it more interesting and provides a lot of unique uh, challenges. I'm sure. So we'll dive into some of those challenges. So so in terms of the CRM, do you have a, a system of booking your your target personas into into different uh, different groups. Does that make the how does that affect the the creative or the messaging that you use? 
Yeah, so, I mean, the, the message that actually always comes across is that we're, we're trying to educate people on gas hazards and in their industry. So majority of our content is always educational, start off with and then sort of plugs in the our products at the end of it and what our solutions are. In our CRM, we have the ability to assign industries to each company and then assign an application to that industry. So, for example, you could be in the fire and security industry but your application is actually a boiler room or it's a bottle store, for example. So the industry doesn't always match the application, which has its unique challenge. But with our CRM, we're able to take that data and customize certain email campaigns so I can draw data and say, look, I just want to send an email campaign to everyone in bottle stores and send a targeted article on that because obviously that would gauge the best interest. Excellent. Um, so yeah, use, using the CRM to good use there. Um, yeah, man after my own heart. <laughs> uh, so, t- could you tell us a, a bit about um, the first things you, you? Well, you've been with international gas detectors for uh, five or six years now. So, how have you built the, the team up? I, I'm, I'm asking this because there are lots of people in your position who are the sort of one man band who are doing everything from creating content, distributing it, checking briefs, checking, working with um, out, you know, trusted uh, outsource partners, uh, and then analyzing what's working, what's not. Um, what were the first things you put in place, and, and how do you prioritize your time? The first things I sort of put in place um, was an actual SEO strategy, so search engine optimization, because beforehand, it, you know, there hadn't been a real marketing department at IGD. So to me... The first thing I wanted to do was start ranking for certain keywords, looking at that, making sure that we are actually being seen. The first sort of year it was learning the products, learning the industries, and sort of breaking it down to the bare basics. After that, I started to put a plan together on how to sort of grow the IGD as a brand because we had the technology, we had the fantastic products that were unique to the industry and brings a lot of benefits but we had to get it out there. (laughs) So to me, it was one, the SEO strategy and two, the brand. It was that, an SEO strategy, link building, brand um, promotion, as well as social media. So um, implementing a social media plan to grow the presence of IGD and make us more of a household name. Excellent. So uh, you're mentioning social media there. Uh, let's, Let's jump to that. I know we were talking offline before about um, how your team uses LinkedIn or how you're encouraging uh, your sales guys to um, build personal brands and become the faces of the company. Um, Just tell us a bit more about the strategy there. To me, LinkedIn was a massive sort of social media tool because obviously it is business to business LinkedIn. Uh, It's about creating connections with people. um, And it's about obviously social media as well. You know, I can remember when I first started out, we had about less than 30 followers on the IGD page and about three different IGD pages as well, company pages. So deleted off the other two and then just started promoting content on social media, sort of like installation pictures, product development pictures, news articles. It was sort of a vast amount of different things because they, they all had different um, sort of people looking at them, sort of different engagement metrics. So we found that, you know, installation pictures and sort of, you know, a, a look into side IGD's manufacturing process, things like that. Lots of people commented on those and liked it. Same with the articles. For me, I did a bit more research on how to use LinkedIn for the sales team. So 
we put together a plan on how to implement social media with a sales team. So we, we do quite a lot of social selling, um, which is essentially, you know, if you're talking to someone that's come through as an inquiry, connect with them on LinkedIn, send them a, a follow-up message on LinkedIn saying, you know, you're interested in this. We've got an article here. We also found new companies through LinkedIn, um, connecting with prospects. Um, so to be honest, it's been a massive sort of change for IGD and it has helped us grow the brand. Uh, it's helped us grow the business. We're now at almost 1,400 followers on LinkedIn, which are all organic. And I mean, my next milestone is 2,000. <laughs> so can't wait to sort of reach 2,000 and shout out about that. It's very rewarding having built it from nothing and how, how hard bought or hard earned those followers are. Yeah. So, uh, you know, going through the, the same sort of um, same sort of issues or challenges with um, with our, our our team is trying to get encourage people to to be the voices of the company and encourage them to develop their own personal brand. And things like you know keep people on LinkedIn specifically, keep people on the platform. Um, LinkedIn's not going to the algorithm's not going to promote things that take people away. So like, if you're providing a link, it's probably not going to. P- um, prefer that post over something that's just a, you know, an inbuilt baked in piece of media, whether that's a video, a, you know, a podcast audio wave, or even just an image does the job sometimes. Yeah. Um, uh, have you got any other sort of any other tips when you're encouraging people to use LinkedIn? What are your top tips? I mean, so I mean, I've been using LinkedIn so since when I started, and I realised very early on that LinkedIn posts. I have a lower engagement rate. So at that point, you know, put a comment on there saying the links in the comments below. The other things as well is just to be patient. It, it doesn't happen overnight. A lot of this success has taken years, especially as if you're a new brand. Connect with people in similar industries. Do your research. You know, optimize your profile as well. So if you're doing keyword research on your website, do the same on your profile. Try and get recommendations from connections and just Anyone you're talking to on email or phone, connect with them straight away on LinkedIn. Because after all, it is a it's a social platform. People want to know who they're talking to and put a face to a name. Yeah, and also there's a new feature on LinkedIn which we'll be testing out late. Uh, it's the video profile, so you can actually do a, a short thirty second video snippet of who you are and what your expertise is. Yeah, they added in the feature as well on how to pronounce your name, so you can have a, a set a little voice note of how to pronounce your name. Oh, that's cool. Actually, we're running a webinar on it at the end of the month, so we'll be uh, we'll be diving into that in a bit more detail. Okay, excellent. So, do, just want you were talking about your sales and marketing more team there. So, can you just dive into a bit more about the sales and marketing process and 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 how you guys work together as as an aligned unit? Yeah. So, to start with the marketing process, it is a lot of Google tabs that I've opened. <laughs> so, anyone in marketing will probably know they have a over a hundred Google tabs open probably. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Social media is always open. My, my Adobe platforms are always open. To begin with, this, the process begins with meeting with the sales team, finding out how obviously a previous campaign's done, finding out who they've been talking to. Is there any new case studies we can promote? Should we continue with the marketing campaign? If it's a new one, it's learning about, you know, what industries they've just started talking to. If it's something new, and it's a new application. They, they see our systems being fitted for that industry. 
then I go off and do my research, start writing a few bits of content and promoting that. The other bit is the meetings with the development teams, learning about new products, learning about new software development. And essentially after those meetings, I have a notebook full of notes and scribbles that I then sort of start putting together a plan, whether it be sort of website content, articles, case studies, video, uh, infographics. I sort of break it down and see, you know, learn the target audience, what works best for them, do a bit of experimenting. For me, marketing is just experimenting, seeing what works, what doesn't. Don't be afraid to see that something has failed because you will learn something from it and just putting those experiences on the next campaign. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be a few knowing smiles. Yeah. One campaign for us jumped to mind recently. We're targeting a, well, it's a life science account-based marketing campaign. You know, we've marked them all in, in the CRM. We've matched the audience in LinkedIn uh, do through Campaign Manager. And we started off, uh, I think we, we got through the first few hundred dollars pretty quickly and didn't really get many results. I, I think it was because lots of our budget was being eaten up by these huge companies where it was kind of like, you know, it, you weren't really, uh, you weren't going to make much of a, a drop in the ocean to, to make, you know, to try, to try and like influence GSK or AstraZeneca or someone like that. Whereas w- once we removed the sort of 5,000, 10,000 plus employees, you're able to then focus on companies within a, within a, a tighter brief and a tighter sweet spot. So marketing managers from life science companies. Um, and that, that was one campaign that we were then able to focus on 12,000 very, very specific individuals. And we've seen some fantastic results with not a king's ransom of a budget as well, which was quite nice. Yeah. But it, again, it's that analytical, the iteration, being able to uh, figure out what's working, figure out if it's working, but you could make it a bit better and then just sort of iterating on that. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're similar. So, I mean... Andrew RMD nicknames it the low-hanging fruit on a tree. So if you're looking at something, obviously, you've got the bigger brands like GSK, AstraZeneca, things like that, that notoriously just go for well-known brands. So for us, it's you know our competitors. So to me, it was, like yourself, target the sort of smaller companies, make connections with them, and quickly it does snowball. So these smaller companies will talk to another company and recommend you. And then sooner or later, you start being put into specifications or, you, you know, you get a connection request from these larger companies because they've heard about you or heard about a different project and they've been on your website to check you out. That's, that's cool. I find that organically, certainly, um, if, if you're posting about emotional things or, or things that get 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 a an emotion of anger fear love embarrassment they're the things that the algorithm tends to pick up on um obviously the trick is then weaving that narrative back to something work related or senses marketing related or, or it's um quite a skill yeah we've definitely found out that you know telling a story does work you know that's why we found you know installation pictures or pictures of products in the workshop being built or feedback from customers have been our most engaging um, posts just because it has that human element, I'd say. Um, and, it, and it shows a different side to just IGD. Mm. It shows like sort of, the, sort of the inside of it. Excellent. All right, so moving on towards uh, sort of wider marketing projects, can you tell us about uh, one of your favorite marketing projects? Uh, that's a hard one. 
there's been quite a lot of projects that I've, I've been either done myself or done with um, sort of colleagues. Uh, but to be honest, the big one I'd say is either sort of developing the IGD as a brand and putting together a strategy to grow the brand. Because when I started off, loads of people say, oh, we've never heard of you before or can't believe you've been around since 1917. So being able to grow that brand, seeing, you know, that, that feeling of hitting 1,000 followers on LinkedIn was major last year. I think that was halfway through to last year. So I think that's my, it's, it's not a past project, it's ongoing. Um, brand development's always ongoing. So I think out of all the projects that I've done, you know, it's hard to choose, but I'd say the brand development is probably the, the most satisfying and rewarding one. Yeah, and okay, brand is obviously what well, lead generation is is easier to measure. But how do you measure your? How do you go about measuring your brand impact and and how you're developing your brand? Yeah, I mean, a brand impact for us because obviously we're we're a manufacturer of gas detection equipment, um, but we're sort of unique in the fact that we also do you know project support, installation, service, and training. So to me, brand the way I measure brand. Um, development is one the social media presence so how many followers you're getting each week how that's growing the engagement online two is people posting your kit online so they've either you know installed it themselves or they've brought it or we've sent them a demo system to play around with and they post it online um, because obviously that's that shows me that people like it and then i'd also say you know, we get written into specifications. So, you know, a tender will go out for a lab, for example, and we'd be written into that specification because the person who wrote it has Googled us or has heard about us. So they um, post us in this specification to say, you know, you need gas detection on this project. Here's some recommended companies and we'd be there. I also get market reports. So sort of like, you know, how well they think the sensors industry is going to be in 2022 or the oil and gas industry or the gas detection uh, industry in the next five years. Hmm. And I remember starting off, you know, five years ago, IGD was never mentioned in them. And now we're, we're always mentioned in it um, in all of these reports. So there's multiple ways to measure brand. And it's sort of, you know, it's different for each company because um, obviously brands, your company, basically. So how you want to measure your brand and how it's working is up to you, but that's sort of how we measure ours. Okay, good. I find that all, another way would be a direct traffic to the website. You find out how many people are coming directly to, yeah. to igd.co.uk, I think it is, um, for us at Biazo Network. So that's always a good one. You can measure that year on year against the previous year, previous rolling 12 months. Organic, well, organic is, is similarly, but through Google. Um, so yeah, plenty of different ways of doing it. But uh, great, great to uh, to keep an eye on it so that you can you can actually measure that over time. Um, so, more well, tying into the brand, uh, one of the initiatives you brought in was the IGD Academy. Do you want to tell us a little bit about how that really does boost and play a big part in in brand development? Yeah, so the the IGD Academy. Um, just a bit of background was mine and Andrew, who's our managing director's idea, um, and it was actually one of the first projects that I worked with at IGD. Uh, so essentially, I quickly realized when I first started that Andrew, our managing director, and Colin, our sales director, have combined knowledge of over 50 years in the industry, all sort of tucked away there. I'm sure like many listeners will have that as well. Yeah. The, all that knowledge is locked away in someone in one person's mind. How do you get it out? Yeah, how do you get it out? You know, that could be blog posts. For us, to begin with, it was the IGD Academy. 
you know, I also looked at the market and there was no free training for gas, gas hazards, gas legislation and gas detection technologies. There were either a lot behind, you know, you've got to come into the offices to get some practical work or a lot behind paywalls. So to me, it was like, well, there's a gap in the market here and it goes well with our brand that we want to provide educational content to people to understand the gas hazards that they're using, to understand the legislation and why they need a gas detector, but also to give them the knowledge that, you know, these are the different technologies available. And that way they're able to understand what it is that they're asking for. They understand what gases they're using, the hazards they pose. So the IGD Academy was born from that. The three main courses are all theory-based, free of charge, there's no paywall. You don't even get subscribed to a mailing list because we don't want to market to these people because it's because obviously it's more educational. So the only time we market to them is when we produce a new video. And we went out of our way to get them approved by CPD UK, which is a educational body, to provide qualifications to people who completed these theory courses. And from there, I mean, we've just had a massive success from it uh, with over 1,500 users from sort of all over the world, from health and safety to competitors asking to be enrolled onto it, um, which was a major sort of success for me because it, it shows that competitors want to be able to access these courses. And from that, we also saw, you know, the other benefit of the ISD Academy was we can put up little how-to courses, um, sort of like refresher courses on our equipment for engineers. So, you know, they come in for tra- practical training, which is usually a day, two days of practical training, but it could be six months until they see one of our systems. So to them, having these little three-minute courses on how to do something on a detector or how to download a report was massively beneficial. Because we have distributors all over the world that, you know, in different time zones, things like that, the academy is 24-7. You know, videos are always up there. You can download them. Yeah, it's been a massive success. And I know that we're looking at adding some more educational content this year and looking to promote it further with our sort of our new brand called IGD Aftercare, which looks at service, installation and training. Yeah, awesome. Um, that's music to my ears. There's a there's a book that we um that that we've we've all read at, at Azo Network. It's called They Ask You Answer. It's by a guy called Marcus Sheridan, who was he was a pool installation guy in North America in 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 the East Coast, and he was installing pools, the different types of pools. Um, but there's loads of questions that you have when you're you know spending forty grand on a pool, like you know whether you want different types of polycarbonate or if you want ceramics or you know which which types of filters all that sort of stuff so it's about that level of technical detail um, but answering all those questions and getting them out out there and in the in the public forum so it's much the same as what what you're doing there you're educating people i was reading about stephen hawking he was talking about we need to get scientific information out online so that we're not hoarding secrets we're looking to advance as a as a race so that we can do things like visit Mars or or visit uh, distant solar systems, uh, but that that's only going to happen with well, the internet and open access information and people sharing more and more data with each other. So it, it's great to hear what what uh, that you're pro- providing this service for free. Yeah, but we're doing a lot of the same with uh, our, our recent webinar series. It's I think it's nine hours of content there. It's just available to watch just because we want people to learn about digital marketing. That's that's the name of the game. Yeah. Um, brilliant. All right. Uh, so moving on, 
Um, yeah, we were talking, I think we might have talk, touched upon a few tools, a few CRM software systems. Um, what are your uh, favorite marketing tools and, you know, how do you use them? It's, it's a tricky question because I, I think there isn't, there isn't one marketing tool that works and does everything. To me, they all have their benefits and disadvantages. And I think the way it works is when you combine all that data together. So, you know, I've been using the whole Google suite. So Google Analytics, Search Console, AdWords to, you know, measure my own website's analytics, do keyword research. But I combine that with SEMrush to ensure that, you know, the keywords are ranking. I use SpyFu to see what competitors are looking at where competitors are ranking. I know, I know SEMrush does the same, but it allows me to compare the data on both of them. You know, we, we use Lead Forensics, Azo's own analytics platform, the LinkedIn Analytics, Moz um, SEO, and more recently, Zoho One CRM Analytics. So being able to combine all those tools together, use the data that they all provide, and combine it together means that you'll have a better success on your campaigns. And a lot of these tools are free um, to begin with. And it's only when you grow in the marketing department do you need to start paying for them. And when once you do get budget, um, the paid versions do have a lot of benefit. Um, so to sort of answer your question, there isn't one favorite marketing tool. <laughs> um, I use them all and combine the data together to be able to analyze, develop, and change um, our strategies on the go. Excellent. Ever the politician. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I'm wasted in marketing. <laughs> yeah. Let's um, just dive into your greatest marketing challenges. So as a marketer, what's the what's your biggest challenge? I mean, I think quite a lot of people in the marketing department will know budget's always a challenge. Marketing people like to spend. So one is budget, but I think it's also the biggest challenge is probably being able to uh, educate people that aren't don't know much on marketing or SEO. So you know, senior management probably want results straight away. They probably want to know, you know, why are we not ranking number one for this keyword? And it's trying to explain to them that one, things don't happen instantly. Two, some keywords are very hard to rank for, and it is just a slow process. I'm trying to explain what a keyword is, <laughs> and I'd say trying to. Trying to demonstrate that, you know, you want to grow the marketing department. Uh, you know, we've had this success. And the only way to continue this success is if you invest in marketing and is if you in grow that department. Um, because sooner or later, you know, similar like me, one person can't do it all. Um, so if you're, if you're working in a small business, it's great to begin with in marketing. But sooner or later, you need to invest in some of these tools. You need to invest in another person, whether it be graphics, social media, specialize in something, um, SEO. So, yeah, the biggest challenge is budget, as always. And I think everyone in the marketing industry will probably agree that budget is always an issue. I'd love an infinite budget. <laughs> we're saying we're saying buy-in buy-in from senior leadership so how do you sell how do you sell an idea or a concept to them how do you sell the seo do, do you show them the nuts and bolts i imagine they're quite analytical quite engineering focused how do you how do you gain that that buy-in the, the specific issue i had is obviously the managing director is engineering focused so his mindset's very like you know you do this do follow that and you get this result yeah you know one two three kind of steps 
the sales director's very sales process. He's in the moment. Um, he wants to be able to sell this now kind of thing. So to me, it was about um, saying, you know, let's look at the data on a six-month process. You know, this is where we started off with. This is where we are in six months' time. Um, so it's not showing them instant success. It's basically telling you, you know, have faith in us uh, in the marketing department. Look at the leads coming in. Analyze the data from the CRM. Show a few reports. People like graphs. <laughs> um, so if the number's going up, they love it. Um, people like pie charts and things like that. So try and make your data visual. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, it was very much about breaking it down. You know, this is where we were. This is what happened in three months, six months, a year. This is sort of, you know, how many leads are going in to the CRM because obviously that appeals to the sales team. The sales team don't really care about anything else. They just want leads so they can talk to people. Uh, managing director, because of his, he's very engineering focused, Mine was a bit more, you know, step by step saying, this is where we are and this is where we were back then, um, being a bit more visual on it. So I, I try not to go into the details because they all get a bit bored or they don't understand it. So trying to explain that, you know, I've done this keyword, this article's focusing on this. It's going to take, you know, I think it's going to take three to six months to rank for. Sometimes they don't understand that. Yeah. So I think it's always that. Tr- a careful line of giving them the big picture data you know the overall how the campaign or how everything's doing but then i often find drilling in giving them like a snapshot of detail just just so that they understand that there's a lot of work and effort and gray matter gone into making these decisions yeah. that make up the big picture data yeah i mean if you're if you're struggling with sort of management or you want to put something forward just create a content plan you know put a budget forward and say look i want to advertise here this is why, and this is the content that I think will work for it. And I want to run this campaign for you know six months or something. As long as you break it down and mm. find your corner, um, a lot of the time you'll probably get it. Excellent. So moving on, uh, well, we're going to allow a self-indulgent moment for a second. Uh, can you tell us about how you first came across Azo Network? I, I can't believe I can still remember this, but essentially what I was doing was conducting some keyword research about four years ago. And I came across an article that had been written and published on the Azo Network platform. I think it was on Azo Sensors. I think it was the beverage industry. So I think I was looking at gas hazards in breweries or something. And essentially, I made contact with Azo and Matt pretty much contacted me straight away. Turns out you guys were in Manchester like us. And then, you know, Matt gave me access to the analytics side. And repurposed one of our popular articles, which is uh, placement of gas detectors. So he repurposed that on the Azo website free of charge, and then I was pretty much hooked from then. Oh, good. <laughs> so you know the support you guys have provided. I mean, Matt keeps telling me we're one of the sort of the few companies that uses different parts of Azo. So obviously we we use the Azo Sensors platform. We use a bit of your content creation, email marketing. We did some videos back in about 2017, 2018 time. And recently, you guys redeveloped our website with us and been doing some SEO strategies with you guys. So, yeah, pretty much hooked from day one. (laughs) And I noticed uh, there was some conversion rate optimization going on in the office yesterday when I was there. So there was a, I think you've not got the results back from that, but 
that's uh, that's in the pipeline as well, which is exciting. How's the approach been from the the SEO team? Have you well, we, we find that we we try and educate clients. Has, has that been the case? Yeah, I mean that was one of the big things that I wanted because obviously I've done my own SEO research um, and education using Yoast SEO, Moz blogs, SEM Rush's own blogs, as well as looking into more professional courses um, later this year. But when Dave said that, you know, one of the main aims is to be able to hand this over to you and make you feel comfortable that you can carry on with it without ASO's help was a big factor. Mm. And the, the sort of reason why we extended was because, one, I wanted to learn more, but also because the work that they had already put in, we were sort of at a tipping point. And, uh, and you know, we felt that, you know, I was speaking to Jess, and we both felt that if we carried it on for another six months, we'll, we'd see amazing results, and we have. Mm. And the whole team's just been incredible, really. Uh, they put up with all my questions. <laughs> And me being wanting to know how it all works. Questions are good. <laughs> yeah, that's what we say as well. Questions are good. They put up with me being sort of hassling them on, you know, how did you do that? This, uh, you know, how do I make changes here? Um, so yeah, they've, they've just been incredible. Great to see that it's it, it's becoming more of a, an ingrained asset in that you're getting the knowledge as opposed to it just being a cost that, you know, yeah. you hand it over to a, a, a partner and then they, they do it for you. Well, I mean... Well, it's not just the SEO side, the whole sort of platform for Azer, uh, you know, when we did the videos with you guys, uh, you, you know, we asked a load of questions on that and you educated us there um, on how because we were obviously making our own videos at the time and just being able to talk to, you know, more professional people in video content creation was really helpful. Um, you know, Matt puts up with all my questions on the content creation side, you know, how to sort of analyze my customers more um how to implement this for the sales team because uh, you know matt's had the same issues or the same questions already so yeah all departments have been incredible and we've had a uh, great success from asia excellent it's that educational approach again just like you're doing with the igd academy it's the same yeah you know, we're giving you the the knowledge to to continue and, and develop which is great to hear um all right well thank you very much for that um just uh, before we wrap things up, a couple of final questions. Uh, I want to ask you about sensors and, and how important they're going to be over the next five years. And actually, let's tie it in with the, the whole uh, semiconductor chip shortage and how that impacts the whole industry. How, uh, how do you see that over the, over the coming five years? To me, I can see some big changes happening in the sensors, especially for gas detectors. I mean, for us... Obviously, we launched the third generation of addressable technology um, back in 2018. We've also launched a new ammonia sensor, which doesn't self-deplete when sensing ammonia, which is massive for the industry. We're about to release our new flammable detector. So to me, I can see some major changes, not just at ICD, but as a whole. You know, being a, you know, the sort of, microchips, microsensors, things like that. So sensors are now getting smaller, more reliable, longer lasting, which is what everyone wants. More IoT enabled devices coming out. Um, you know, our third generation of addressable systems are all IoT enabled. More sort of remote alarms. So for portable gas detectors, there's a lot of fleet management. There's a lot of being able to connect to Bluetooth. Um, so all of this, and you know, that's all happened in the past three years. So 
that some major changes already happened. So the next five years would be very interesting to see. Yeah. I, I can't imagine a world where we're going to have fewer sensors. It's only going to increase almost exponentially as more and more tech gets smarter. Yeah. Um, so just to finish off, you mentioned Internet of Things, IoT. How important is that going to be in the future? And or do you have any examples of, of, of case studies or projects that you've where you've implemented that? IoT, I think, is, is going to be incredibly important. People want data. People are hungry for more data. So the questions I've asked people when they ask, you know, well, you know, why do I want an addressable gas detection system? Is, you know, why do you not want to be able to record all of your data? Why do you not want to be able to record gas leaks or gas levels? You know, why would you not want to be able to push something to the cloud and, you know, you don't have to go to site then? You know, if a gas detection alarm goes off, you can try and reset it from the cloud. We've just completed an installation of over 300 gas detectors at the UK's largest engineering campus, which is MECD in Manchester. Because of the size of it, that went out to tender to a number of companies. And we won out because we were the only digital gas detection system. So the university went with us because of the cost saving addressable systems have and because of all the data they could harness from the system. So, you know, there's lots of benefits to IoT and digital gas detection systems. Excellent. I think on that note, we'll leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, well, thank you very much, Hal, for, sh- for sharing uh, your expertise. Where, co- where can people go for the IGD Academy? Is that available through the website? Yeah, so you can go to internationalgasdetectors.com uh, and then at the, the tabs at the top, there's a services one and you hover over services and there's IGD Academy there. Brilliant. Again, thank you very much. And uh, that's all for today. Thank you for having me. A big thank you to Hal from International Gas Detectors there for a fascinating insight into marketing sensor technology. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on LinkedIn for more marketing science insights. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the Marketing Science Podcast.